history. For thousands of years, humans have been fucking things up. But now, two heroes of the modern age are here to fuck up history. It's Historama. Hey guys, uh, welcome back for another exciting episode of Historama. My name is Mason Mothersbaugh Height, sitting next to me. I am Michael Goroff. That's that's Michael Goroff. Yes. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna continue. This is uh, part four in our attempt to tell you all about the life of Benedict Arnold. And what's been your favorite part of this story so far? Oh man. Uh, favorite part of the story. Well, why don't you why don't you tell me yours and I'll think about it for a second. My favorite part of this time. of the story so far is how um, he was marching into Quebec and he got shot immediately. <laughs> and oh then, yeah, and then all that build up for the battle and he's like the first guy. It to was get hit. months and months of marching. Marching up to Quebec, not running out of supplies, almost losing all like six hundred of his men because they didn't have enough supplies and because it was cold as fuck and it's seventeen you know seventy seven seventy six and they're all freezing to death and they're eating their shoes and after all that strife and all that hardship that epic sort of march up there the first second that they see battle he gets shot <laughs> and he, he's taken out. He's just taken out of the thing. Oh my he's God. benched immediately because um, he's a jackass, and um, and I. But to me, that's like it's like the uh, Coen Brothers version of like a Revolutionary War. You know, and, uh, spoiler alert: he's gonna get shot at a lot more in this episode. Mm -hmm. This guy is great at that. Uh, mm -hmm. I guess my favorite part is the whole Pete Bowles thing. How he's like publicly. Whipping oh, some that's dude. A good one. That, yeah, that that's a pretty weird. If you don't know what we're talking about, episode one, go look it up. You give it one. five stars. Yeah, thank you to the one person that gave us five stars, and fuck you to the people that didn't give us five stars <laughs> because we know that you know us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but for real, for real. Um, this is the first podcast we've recorded since. Posting an episode, the yeah. the ones that that are before this, you know, this was all recorded before we actually launched the podcast. Life in a vacuum, man. And it's uh, different. Now we're you know, out I've, there. I've just I've been getting it's I've been getting a lot of love. Uh, I really appreciate that. It's pretty encouraging to get positive messages from everybody. No, you are entitled to your opinion. This is America, after all. That's what we're talking about: is the formation of America, where freedom of choice is our most valued. You know. Uh, moral, moral or value, our most valued value. Weren't you just shitting on someone for not choosing five stars? Yeah, but I'm <laughs> recounting that opinion because that's also a right as an American is to change my mind on a whim. So there we go. God bless us. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I guess, uh, yeah, Pete Bowles is a good one though. I like um, that one because it shows how much of a, a psycho that he can be. Also, oh, yeah, yeah, no, especially early on, he was young. He was younger then, and so a uh, quick recap to get us where we are now. Uh, episode one talks about Ben's life pre-revolution, and uh, we sort of paint the picture of 
a uh, hot-headed young man, very successful in business, very good at sort of uh, following his impulses, and, like, he's just... Uh, yeah, he's good at following his impulses. Yeah. That doesn't mean that they're always right, but he's good at following them. But it, it's got to... Because he doesn't know what else well to do so or how else to function as a person. Um, episode two, <laughs> they took Fort Ticonderoga. The revolution is on. Um, capturing the fort was a really big deal. It was one of the big sparks that got the war raging. Yeah, I mean, he, he basically forced Congress's hand by doing that. It started the war because right after Ticonderoga they go into St. John's and they just go on this spree of capturing forts and one of them happens to be in Canada, which is a foreign country, and so they invade a foreign country and that basically means they started a war without really uh, noticing or realizing that that's what that meant. I just want like an electric guitar doing the Star Spangled Banner with like an <laughs> eagle screech. We'll talk <laughs> about it. Like Jimi Hendrix on there and yeah. Um, episode three, we talked about the actual invasion of Canada itself. Uh, Mike was just sort of talking about it and laughing. Um, yeah, it was. Because it's hilarious. It is. It's pretty funny. You know, it's a real hard-fought slog to get up to Canada. And once they're there, it's this really amazing sort of epic battle forming up. And, of course, uh, genius Benedict Arnold is leading 25 advanced soldiers and gets shot in the first volley. Yep. Whole thing falls apart. Um, the retreat from Canada is a bit of a mess, and that's kind of where we are now. That brings us to the topic of this week's episode: um, the Battle of Valcour Island and Saratoga. If we get to it, hopefully we'll get to it. But we won't. Uh, I mean, we might. Let's let's I not hedge our bet. Yeah. <laughs> let's uh, just. Let's be realistic and take it one step at a time. Also, um, you know, apologies in advance if you hear some thumping noises. That's uh, all our neighbors wear shoes inside, and we are not on the top floor. Yes. And, yeah, there's a lot of people living around us. I'm, I'm, I feel kind of bad that they live on the top floor, though, because it is hot as balls, and I wouldn't want to live on the top floor right now. But so. you know what helps when you're super hot? Taking your shoes off? Taking your fucking shoes off. <laughs> Wear some socks. Yep. You know, it keeps the floors cleaner, um, it's quieter. Does it keep the floors cleaner? Is that like a thing that, like, sock manufacturers, is that a way that they market socks? That is a way they should market socks. You don't ever have to sweep well, again. it's like, you think of all, like, the cubes and the cat hair and all the random shit that's just always lining the floors of our apartment. Could yeah. you imagine if you just had socks with, like, little... Scrubby bristles on the bottom. Oh, yeah, right. You're just walking around scratching I like your that butt. Idea. Yeah. I don't like that. You could idea. be playing your new Nintendo Switch. I mean, then you're getting pubes in your shoes if you don't take your socks off. I mean, you could have like house socks. Oh, okay. Yeah, like so, a separate, like in the home, like a this like, is a, like a slipper, sort of Japanese style of thinking. Yeah, because it's very efficient and it's shoes off inside the house. Well, and also because they wear, like, shoes for... They have, like, a separate pair of shoes for bathrooms. Do they? Yeah. It's like when, you, when you're, when you like, in a college dorm and you have to wear your, your uh, flip-flops to go into the bathroom. Well, they have a much healthier diet than Americans. You know, we true. don't have time to switch our shoes. When we're <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Taco Bell runs... Sometimes you just don't have time to do anything except rip your pants off and then have to buy new pants. So, um, speaking of 
pooping yourself after Taco Bell. Uh, the Battle of Valcor Island. Uh, last time we checked in with the American Revolution. They're retreating out of Canada. Um, shit is going wrong. Not so wrong that the whole army is destroyed or anything, but it is I don't, not the most organized yeah, fallback. It's not organized, and the British are hot on their fucking heels with so many more men that the Americans can even, like, could even muster, because this is, because the, the new year just happened, it just turned into 1777, and all of these uh, conscriptions ran out, so everybody's just going back home, because no one really cares, and no one's signing up to volunteer, because everything's kind of going to shit. Well, then, you know, the, uh, the whole sneak attack, surprise attack part of the American Revolution is over, you know. I don't think the British were really anticipating going up against this much resistance. Yeah. So, you know, we were just taking stuff because there were like 10 guys yeah, there. Yeah, there was like no one there. You know, now we've got a uh, gentleman, Johnny Burgoyne. Burgoyne. Uh, he landed in Quebec and chased Ben out. He's marching south, uh, headed for Ticonderoga. I mean, he's got like five figures worth of men, too. Oh, yeah. And so does Howe, General Howe. General Howe is actually, so he is, this is maybe getting ahead just a little bit. This is a sort of meanwhile in the American Revolution. Mm -hmm. uh, General Howe lands in New York with it, something, in, well, I can't 11, remember. 11,000. Yeah, a ton of guys. It was the biggest invasion force ever assembled, like, at the time. Yeah. Like, it, it was an insane amount of soldiers. So, you know, you've got George Washington leading his, like, scrappy 7,000 men, getting their asses just whooped all over New York. It's rough. Um, yeah, uh, the Shiler's Northern Army is just, you know, barely holding itself together. Well, Shiler's got his own case of gout to worry about. <laughs> right? So, um, Port Ticonderoga and the Lake Champlain region are, you know, they're sort of back in play now. And Lake Champlain and Port Ticonderoga, as we said earlier in that episode, they're really important because, you know, you moved a ton of shit back then by boat. You know, it's, you either get a boat or you get a mule and a cart, and boats can move way more than mules. Yeah, they didn't have, they didn't have trains. Nope. They didn't have zeppelins. Nope. Didn't have anything. No, no trains boats and no zeppelins. And donkeys. And the horses all got shot. And or had gout. <laughs> the horses all got <laughs> No, they all got shot because they were Ben's horses. <laughs> yeah. He was either shooting them or. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's this really strategic uh, lake region. And if you look at it, it's really crazy. It's this long, stringy lake that is just. I mean, it looks like a cat threw up on the floor. It's. What? If you look at a map of it, it's just this insane, like, bleh. What do you mean? It's just this crazy mess. It's like, if, you know when a bird shits on your window, and it's like this long, crazy, stringy... No. It's always just like those? one big splot. It's not a, It's not like a stringy... I don't know. I get the stringy bird poops. I did get a splot the other day. It looks like a pterodactyl crapped on my car. I would say that if I had to choose a metaphor, it looks way more like... Just a really thin turd. A thin turd. All right, I'll go with thin turd just to <laughs> keep this moving. It's like when you're cooking spaghetti and some of the marinara hits the floor and it just bleh. But it's not. But bleh is like a like a round 
with a wide circumference, where this is like a stringy sort of leech-looking thing. Like if you popped a zit. All right, we're, like a okay. <laughs> we're both going to puke on the floor later and then see what it looks like. Because we'll maybe we have different experiences. Yeah, we'll get the whole family involved. <laughs> this will right. be a family affair. Uh, so anyway, yeah, no, it's just like long, crazy, uh, stringy, weird lake. And it's pretty important because it makes moving supplies a lot easier. Well, and this is, and that's, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the way that the Americans are getting back into the colonies. Oh, like, yeah. This is how they have to get back in because they all want to get to Fort Ticonderoga, which is at the southernmost part of the lake, because they want to protect it from the invading British force who's going to be hot on their asses trying to. Yeah, because they're just constantly falling back. They're looking for anywhere they can sort of right. solidify any sort of resistance. They're trying to run out the clock. Uh, you know, once winter arrives, everybody goes into it's called winter quarters. Mm -hmm. And it just means that they dig in and. Yeah, it's just like, like hang out. The war, the Revolutionary War, was basically like baseball, where they just took the summer off, or took the winter off, maybe had a little bit of spring training in the warmer states, but then they it picks back up in like March and April a lot of the times. Yeah. It's like exactly like baseball. And now I'm wondering if that's why baseball is structured that way. And now I'm not going to be able to focus on the actual topic of our episode. Because <laughs> that is crazy. I never thought about that. I think they just do it when the weather's good. Because you know, the ball's white. If you hit it, how are you going to see it when it lands? I wish Snow is white. that I was um, talking to someone who gave a shit about sports right now. <laughs> <laughs> because you don't care. I brought up a great counterpoint just there. Yeah, Snow but, but white, that's, that's what I'm... White. But I'm not talking about, like... I'm not saying that the... That the baseball was the major league baseball was like you know what we got to do we got to echo the schedule just of letting the you know revolutionary right now, war we can keep talking about baseball don't fucking cut this out don't cut this out to <laughs> whatever we got plenty of time <laughs> we got plenty, got plenty of, time. of time you just bought all that beer <laughs> all right let's keep going man keep going <clears throat> Don't let me stop you. I'm sorry for bringing up a really interesting parallel That's between baseball and the American no Revolutionary War. <laughs> Fuck you! Okay, okay. Baseball is much like the American Revolutionary War in that they did it when it was sunny and nice out and not when it was freezing Thank and insane you. to go outside. Thank you. That's all I was asking for. He's got it. <laughs> Michael Goroff, ladies and gentlemen. I'm happy now. Let's keep going. Happy Mike. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they're looking for a place where they can sort of uh, solidify their defenses, hold the British back for a little bit, maybe stall them, you know, until winter hits. And, you know, we get back to Fort Ticonderoga, which yeah. is, you know, kind of Ben's argument for taking it in the first place. Keeps coming up again and again. It's true. I mean, he was right about one thing, and it was taking that fort was a good idea. What's, so what's he doing right now? Um, right now, he is... Let's get back to Ben. Back to Ben. So he... He's was, preparing, right? Yeah, he's preparing the... He got put in charge of the American Navy, which even calling it a Navy is sort of a joke because it was... You know, he captured like, those boats earlier and... They had like 15 boats. Almost all of them were like single-mast boats, which basically means they got one dinky little sail. While the British fleet, there's like 30 ships, and there are all these big, meaty motherfuckers of boats. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, it's kind of interesting that he got named that, though. That 
you would think that that would be something that he would be like, wow, I, they are finally recognizing my, um, like, importance. But he never, it's never mentioned that he saw that as, like, a compliment. Well, I mean, I think things were just so chaotic falling back that his, maybe his ego took a backseat to the fact that at any moment they could all be overrun and, you know, then they'd be hanged as traitors or whatever. But it, but the whole the whole war is like that, and, and he's always constantly complaining about never getting recognition. And when he does get recognition, nothing, he never really says, like, wow, thank, thanks, Congress, that was actually Catch pretty big more, of you. more bees or flies with honey than vinegar. Exactly. And that guy was just full of vinegar. Full of fucking vinegar, spurting out of every pore. <laughs> so, so right now... He, Ben, is sort of getting the fleet ready. You know, he's named the leader of the Navy, and the Navy is like 15 boats, and they're all beat to shit. They're all terribly constructed boats. And the men he has to, like, put on the boats, none of them have sailed before. Right. He has sailing experience because he was on his father's trading ships, he was on his, he own, trading his own trading ships. ships. Yeah. But these guys that never fired cannons, that never sailed on boats... Well, yeah, and there's one of my favorite stories um, is when he's, like, sort of, he's got his whole crew together, they're all rebuilding the boats, and they're all sort of, like, getting trained on how to use the cannons and everything. There was this guy, Solomon Dwyer, Solomon Dyer, who he was, uh, they were, one of the ships was the Providence, and they were practicing firing the cannons, and then when he goes to put some, you know, they had that that powder ram where it like, looks like a big old broom with like gunpowder on it that they... Yeah, it's like the big shoot tip they yeah, stick you, in. If you've ever seen like a Revolutionary War movie, you know what, you know what it looks like. Yeah, big, big old cube tip. Um, but he... So he's ramming the... He goes to ram the gunpowder into the cannon to fire another round off that he forgot to sponge it out the first time because you got to clean that shit. Yeah, you there's like gunpowder just lining a super hot metal barrel. It's, and it's hot, yeah, that's the thing. Like he, so we, when you sponge it out, you're just cooling it down, and, and he forgot to do that, so he goes to, when he goes to ram the fucking uh, gunpowder into the cannon barrel, it explodes, and it, he, his hands blow off, and he, just, and, it, and he just gets destroyed because he had no idea that he had to do that. Like this is, that's the kind of person that Ben, that's the kind of troop that Ben is dealing with at this, at this moment. Yeah, not the best. Which is like, I will give Ben credit to set, this is setting up how crazy this battle is and how well he did in this battle. Yeah, they're like the bad news bears. Exactly, yeah, that's <laughs> good, I like that. Ben is Walter Matthau, and everyone else are the shitty kids that And that one guy is the kid that got his athletic. hands blown off. Yeah. You remember that part in the movie? Or I love that, that part. Kid gets his hands blown off learning how to bunt. Learn how to punt, but they forgot to take the grenades out of the ball. And Walter Matthau has a World War II flashback and just blows this poor kid's <laughs> hands off. It's a really sad. It was a somber scene. Weird. Yeah, it was a weird turn. It wasn't violent <laughs> up until then, but. <laughs> but uh, so it, it's kind of funny. So Ben's got this like really. He's already establishing his sort of, like, crazy, hard-driving, hothead, fighter, commander reputation. Mm -hmm. So he's got... He's put in charge of this fleet, but they're telling him, like, hey, like, whoa, don't sail any of these boats past this island. Got it, Buster? Like, because they're all worried that Ben's going to try some crazy preemptive strike. Yes, because let's set it up a little bit more just physically... 
like where they're at, right? So they're so Ticonderoga is at the southern part of the lake, mm. and they're sailing up from Ticonderoga, or its vicinity, or its vicinity. Yeah, yeah. And the British are coming from the north and sailing south. So and it's that super long, stringy lake. So they've got a ways to sail. Yeah, and and they got thirty fucking giant ass boats that they're sailing down this kind of narrow lake. So they kind of all and the lake water is real choppy. It's already like. You know, sort of not the most ideal for doing battle. No, and they're, and they're not. They're not riding skidoos and <laughs> yeah. shit like that. They're riding like fucking basically bulls of made out of wood that that have like sails on them. But uh, he was forbidden to sail past Isle Aotete, and it, it, I just I thought it's, it was I think funny. It's tet. Tet. It's French for head. I think it's titty. No. It's French for titty. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> <laughs> but I just I thought it was funny that they were like, hey, don't you sail that fleet past this island, buster. Like, if, if we catch you doing that, you we're don't... Gonna, you're gonna get a stern talking to you. Yeah, you don't get to be the commander of all boats anymore. And he was, he was kind of like, all right. But he made this deal that, like, he was like, okay, well, I'm gonna act super aggressive, though. Like, I'm gonna act like I'm gonna attack any day now, just in case there are any British spies. Because, you know, they're building all these fucking boats. Well, yeah, to... he, he, he has a plan of, like, just talking a lot of shit and saying that he's gonna be doing this stuff because he knows he's got people in his camp that are gonna be relaying this information back to the British. Who are doing, like, a similar mini-arms race. You know, they've got more boats already, but they're still trying to build more, build more. You know, uh, a victory on this lake could, you know, mean victory or loss for the whole revolution. Mm. If this front collapses, that leaves Washington's already sort of like undermanned army as the only one left. Well, because then they'd sort of be like surrounded on two fronts. Yeah. yeah. There would be no way to fight them. Yeah. So it's really important that they hold this. And. The weather keeps getting colder and colder, so everybody knows that there's this big conflict imminent, because the Americans are arming up, the British are arming up, and the Americans are like, if we can just hold them till the lake gets kind of, you know, the lake starts to freeze over and everybody has to, you know, button down for the winter, then we can, you know, it just buys us enough time to figure out what the hell to do. And uh, you you want to jump in? I know you love the uh, the Battle of Valcour Island. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm just gonna sort of the part that I really like is what what he actually decides to do, which is so as he's sort of sailing up, they find this island called Valcour Island. As Ben's sailing up with his fleet of seventeen ships, because he knows that the attack's coming. He knows that they're coming down, you know, and so he's his idea is his, so he comes up with this plan where he's gonna dock. His ships on, I think it was like the southern side of the island, right? Yeah, so the southern side so, of the yeah, island this had big, this awesome cove. Yeah, this cove, so there's big cliffs, so you can't really see, if you're coming from the north, if you're the British coming from the north, you can't really see what's on the other side of that cove, because there's trees, it's a big old fucking cliff, you know, there's, there's and, the, and, the, and the American fleet is small enough that you could tuck them all into this cove and sort of hide them away. So, who's the guy that's that's um, leading the British right right now. Is I it? believe it's Carlton. So it's so Carlton's like the overall boss, but there is this guy who Carlton hired. Um, yeah, Thomas Pringle. Thomas oh, Pringle. Pringle. And so Pringle is just like he's this younger guy. He wants to prove his mettle. He's like really, really, 
he really wants to get in there and destroy the fleet, the Americans, the American fleet, because he wants to, he really wants to, like, rise up in the ring. Yeah, he's got like, Carlton and General Johnny Burgoyne they're to all, impress. Right, and, and he's got, you know, he's got all these boats, he's got all these men, he's like, I know I can crush this, bro, I know I can crush it. So, so he's, he's sort of leading the actual, um, you know, movement of the British moving south towards Ticonderoga. And uh, he, so Ben's fleet is tucked in this cove, and Pringle is having his ships move so fast that they just completely pass by um, uh, Arnold and his fleet. They don't even see him because they're going so fast. Yeah, he has them set full sail. Yeah, which is crazy because it's such a small body of water. It's not like the Atlantic Ocean, you know, where it's like you just want to get the fuck out of there because it's crazy. Well, even then, it's like, you know, it's a fucking boat, man. You yeah. can't, like, just hit the brakes. Yeah, like, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. going to slow down and turn, you've got guys scurrying up and down, rigging, <laughs> untying the jib yeah, hooks. That's a whole the... process to do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, even, yeah, yeah, so... It's... So, yeah, so they just blow the fuck past them. Well, because they were not expecting... You know, they weren't expecting the Americans to try something clever at this point because they're on, they've been on the run for like the last few weeks, just booking it, totally chaotic. So they're not expecting the Americans to be able to formulate a plan like that. So they, so the British sail south past Arnold's waiting fleet. And that's when they realize like, um, there should be Americans by now. Like there should like the British realize there should definitely be Americans waiting to fight us by now. Well and you know there's just that one guy in one of the last boats sailing by it's like, Oi, governor, you see those boats? <laughs> yeah. What's going on with that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're just like, fuck you know. <laughs> yeah, Pringles just shitting a can of Pringles right now. Yeah, that the captain of that boat's like shooting a quick text to him like, dude, OMFG. <laughs> Fucked up, man. Fucked up. Carlton's Carlton's getting all salty. His boss is getting all mad. So they start. The British start trying to turn around to face them, and the Americans basically just like start unloading on them. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things where, like Mike was saying, they were going real fast. It's a uh, real choppy, crazy lake water. So the bigger ships, they're all turning to sail back, and it still takes ships, a while yeah. to do. And the big ships were kind of what gave the British their advantage in this fight. Is um so like when there were naval battles back in the day and you were measuring sides, they would always look at uh it's called weight of fire, and it's just like how many cannonballs can both sides put in the air at the same time at each other. Yeah. And whoever has the heavier weight of fire is usually sort of favored to win in a standard because they would just line up and shoot each other. You yeah. know they're not. There's it's no, not crazy maneuvering. Well, or, and especially in like this arena where it's a somewhat narrow lake, and you got a bunch of big boats that you're all trying to fit into this one area. It's not a lot of ways to maneuver your boat in a strategic way. You all basically just got to line up and start shooting. At well, that and, you know Ben drew all his boats up in a little cove. You can't get around them. Yeah, it's not like you can just you know. All you can do is just pull up in front of them and pound the shit out there, of them. There's no boost button to like get your car move or get your boat moving faster. You know. Just had to get that Rocket League reference. In there. <laughs> I mean, just thinking about it all the time. All the time. Well, uh, uh, yeah, keep going, man. I love this one. Um, so yeah, so they're 
So they're so now the battle's on, and they're just fucking pelting each other with cannon fire. They're just kind of going all out, um, and uh, and you know, you, not only that, but the British have started sending. You know, the, the Americans are docked on the cove, so the British have started sending scouts. They've started sending their Native American soldiers to run down the beach and start actually like like infantry soldiers that are just firing arrows and shit at them. And it's getting to the point where the Americans are sort of, or the Americans are building these things called fascines, which are basically just a bunch of sticks that they're trying to make into like fences just to like stop stop the arrows, stop the bullets. Um, so so there's it's so that's just a this, bad time. It's just this insane battle, and it goes on for like seven straight hours of just constant cannon fire, constant musket fire being volleyed from ship to ship, constant musket fire being volleyed. From the coat, from the beaches to the where the the fleet is stationed on the on the cove, so it's just like this insane battle. Um, but at a certain point, you just gotta call it quits because at night it's like you gotta get your beauty rest, you know. Well, that and it's you know it's not like these cannons were super accurate to begin with. I mean, actually, and funny thing, Benedict was apparently aiming all of the cannons on his own boat personally. Of course he was. Right? Can you imagine being the guy that's like, oh man, I'm going to shoot this guy right out with my can. And the guy's like, hold on, hold on, let me just move that. And you're just... Like micromanaging. Asshole. Yeah, seriously. Asshole. Like, just, I got it. Yeah. It's pointing a cannon at a big boat. I mean, like... to be fair, one of his employees did blow his hands off because he didn't know how to use a cannon. So, I mean, I guess I could see why... He would do that, but... He's just like, you're all illiterate, drunk farmers. Get out of the way. But, you know, people learn by doing. It's true. And if you're not going to let them do, how are they going to learn? If you're not going to let them make mistakes, how will they learn? Yeah, I like that. I mean... Learn by doing. What is that, kinesthetic learning? I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, So... So, so night it's nighttime, night and, 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 and there's sort of like a ceasefire, um, and they all sort of they sort of clear out. Ben Ben knows that when the morning hits, they're fucked because they're already running out of ammo. They're, already, they're running out of ammo. A lot of the ships are all busted Just up, blown to shit. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's a bad. It's bad. I mean it's it's kind of amazing what they did, considering they were they had the British had. Twice, almost twice the amount of ships as the Americans. They had almost three times the amount of soldiers as the Americans, and the Americans did some fucking decent damage. Like Ben and his crew did some decent and damage. None of those people have sailed before. No, they haven't. One thing. Okay, I want to read this quote real quick. Um, this is this is kind of so. Before this was all going on, Ben was like, "We need some more dudes. We need we need I need shit." It's the same old story with him, where he's like, "Hey, Congress, I'm like, I need people. I need I need." I need stuff, like I need help here, because we're about to get crushed. And so he's telling Gates, uh, Horatio Gates, General Horatio Gates, who we talked about last episode, uh, he's like, Gates, you gotta, like, like Horatio, man, you gotta talk to the Congress and get them stuff, and Horatio is like, hmm, I don't know, it's gonna take a while. And so Ben has this whole thing where he's, uh, he says, um, I hope to be, and he, he says this to Gates, uh, um, about Congress, I hope to be excused if, with five hundred men half naked, I should not be able to beat the enemy with seven thousand men well clothed and a naval force near equal to ours. It's like, 
that's he's such a little he's it's like the, the like that's what sarcasm first of all that's what sarcasm sounded like in 1777 <laughs> it sounded real bitchy I mean um, it sounds bitchy now it does but uh at least you know we've been doing sarcasm for the last 200 years I feel like American have got it down that's true well we got Larry David helping us out thank god for him season new season of Curbs coming out by the way it's a good thing we're talking about Curb now while all of our neighbors have apparently slept on their little Dutch <laughs> yeah. wooden clocks is that coming out not really it's not super bad it's just weird in the background Man. and I've had like one person complain to me about it so yeah, it's I, you, sorry, dude. I don't know. We're then like, give not, us one star and don't listen. Or just help us get a microphone. Or, I don't know. It's we're, we're anyway. We're getting sidetracked. Yeah, I don't <laughs> care what you think. This is our operation. This is it's the charm. We're just having fun. It's the homemade charm. This is for us. All. It's not for you. Um. Yeah, I forgot we were recording for a second. Um. <laughs> where, what the fuck was I talking about now? <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh, uh, you were talking oh, about yeah. uh, so, Ben being such a sarcastic little yeah, and, and it, but it does point out to how like how just how um, how much the odds were stacked against Ben. Oh, they the, so worried. Yeah. And and to, the fact that he held them off and was keeping them busy. He didn't just hold them off in that fight. His flagship and the enemy flagship were both just blown to shit. The Carlton and the Constitution. Yeah. And the Carlton was like in the Carlton's the British one. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. uh yeah, no, it's just I mean, they, they scored some real great hits in that one. Yeah, I mean it's 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 good. It's like, you know, if you get in a fight with like a big dude and you know, I'm not like a big dude, I'm a weak dude, but if I can manage to like fucking kick the guy in the balls to the point where he gets testicular torsion or something, even if he beats the shit out of me, it's a tiny victory, you know? It's the tiny victories that really matter. Um, yeah. So, anyway, so, getting back to the battle. Yeah, it's, they know they are fucked yes. the second it's light out. The British have finally got all their big, heavier ships that couldn't make it in earlier lined up. Uh, the Americans, you know, they're, they're basically in a line across, like, a little cove entrance. Mm. And the well, British yeah. have just got them blocked in. And the British are like, we'll be, we'll wait till, we're already heading towards... We're already between them and the fort, so we're we're gonna fucking just crush them in the morning. It's no big deal. Let's drink get our, some fucking tea, have a nice rest, have a nice sleep, have some sweet dreams, and we'll wake up in the morning and just completely decimate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Ben's got another fucking idea, and uh, this is this is my favorite part about this battle because it's so crazy. So night falls. So what Ben does, he takes all the injured people that are on the boats, he shoves them down below deck, so no... Because, so you can't hear them, like, So you can't hear them, because that's what it was like back then. Because you could... Because the British are just sitting there, the waves are pl- are placid, you know, and and it's quiet. It's so quiet that they could have he- heard the American soldiers screaming in pain if they were shoved below the decks <laughs> and hidden away. So So Ben hides them away, and he starts rolling his ships out one by one in this like straight line, in in uh, a mi- there's a m- about a mile between the br- the British ship and the, and the coast. 
And so Ben starts sneaking his boats one by one past the British fleet. Yeah, as him extinguish all the lights. Yeah, it's, and he's just sneaking through the fog with yeah, this huge line of fucked a up huge, ships. There's probably there's probably around ten ten ships. I would yeah. I would think, and there's only a mile between the British ship and the and the coast, and that's that mile is the pathway that they choose to get to sneak back past the British. To, to try to get back to, to Condorogo where there's reinforcements and... Cannon cover. Cannon and cover and all that stuff. So they do it, and they pull it off, for the most part. Yeah. Um, no, until, it works out really... I would say that's a great example of where his, like, crazy harebrained schemes, like, can actually work. Yeah, I mean, it, this whole thing has kind of been that, in a way. Yeah. Um, because Because it's like... And later on, after this whole battle's over, they're going to give him a bunch of shit for losing all the ships. Um, there are only a few people that give him shit, and it's like shit-talking. But it's like, but it's a few people who sort of matter, and yeah, people they're, they're listen to Yeah, they're talking shit to Congress, and Congress doesn't, you know, they're kind of out of the loop. But it's like, well, what else was he going to do? Because if he just sort of lined up his ships, and they would have just, they just gotten destroyed. Yeah. And, but by, like, making this, like, crazy harebrained scheme to, like, hide from the British and let them pass them so they could flank them and, and sort of hit them from behind, I mean, that's pretty, that was pretty smart. And they, they definitely took out more of the British than they would have if they didn't do that. So, so, you know, you gotta give them some credit there. As much as I think this guy is a little bit too up his own ass, I do... I am going to give him credit on this one. This one was a pretty big victory. This is I w- this is like one of his first big real international acclaim like fights. Yeah, where too. the British are also like, oh, look at that Ben Arnold guy. I wish he would become a traitor and go over to our side. <laughs> so not uh, knowing, and I'm sorry, I think that was me sidetracking you there. Uh, yeah, so what was I talking about? He was sneaking out. Yeah, so they're sneaking out. It and worked. Mostly. Mostly, but then morning hits, and the British are like, what? And they, they realize that the Americans are gone, and they start, you know, shooting the shit out of them, and, and basically, um, oh, uh, there's one story about this that I really like. I mean, you can, you have more of a, you have a better idea of, like, what this, this part of the battle. Yeah, um, basically, so, the, the morning light kind of comes in and they see that the cove's empty. They turn and they see a bunch of uh, sort of damaged, bedraggled American ships all just trying to get out of there as fast as they can. So all the British ships turn and start to give chase. Um, some of the American ships weren't all that damaged and, you know, they're, they're making some good headway getting back to Fort Ticonderoga. But, you know, a ton of the ships were also pretty fucked up from the fight the night before. And, you know, they're just, they're not able to keep pace. And Ben's looking back and he's seeing them drift further and further back. Meanwhile, the British are getting closer and closer. Mm. So Ben decides that his ship, the Constitution, and another ship, which is also somewhat damaged, the Washington. Right, which was the, like the sec- his like second in command or whatever for this operation was leading that ship, right? Yeah, and so he decides we're going to turn, we're going to, you know, we're going to fight the British for a while and try and buy these damaged ships time to, you know, limp a little closer to the fort before we get out of here. Um, thing about the Washington was it had some pretty gnarly hits scored on it early in the battle. The commander was sort of a Big pussy. Yeah, General Waterbury. 
Yeah, so he's telling him, hey, we're going to turn and fight these British. And he's like, no, 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 Dude, no, 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 no. Yeah, this is, this is my favorite part of this whole right. thing. It's because General Waterbury's like, um, so I think I'm going to surrender. And Ben is like, no, you're not doing that. We're just not, no. You're going to keep fighting. And Waterbury's like, okay. And then, like, as soon as the British reach him with their, like, scouting ships, he's like, I surrender. And he just fucking surrenders. Yeah, it's like when the first shot gets fired, he surrenders immediately. Yeah. He didn't even put up a fight after Ben... After Ben was like, no, we gotta keep going. <laughs> it just shows, like, how no... It, 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 this happens all the time to this guy, the, ben, the Benedict Arnold, where he's like, no, we gotta fight, we gotta do this, we gotta do this, and it's, and the people below him are like, yeah, I'm not really, like, that into this as much as you are. <laughs> so, I'm just gonna surrender. And, uh, it, I don't know if that makes him a bad leader, or if it makes the people below him like, cowardly, or if he's just not, like, completely assessing the personalities of around him? Well, I think command is really difficult, and when you make decisions that, you know, people either live or die by, including yourself, because what happens next? You know, Ben is sort of staking everything. Mm. Like, his own life and his crew's well, life. and that's the thing with him, with Benedict Arnold, is that he is... His, he's never making a decision that's saying, like, you know what, you you guys are right, we shouldn't completely try to sacrifice ourselves to, for the greater good. No, he's it's constantly all, gambling with everybody's everybody lives else's in these lives. insane attacks. And he already has a reputation of that from, from Canada, people are already noticing that, and it's just like, I get, I, like, I completely understand where Waterbury's coming from. Like, you want to, you want to say, like, man, that guy's a coward, Benedict Arnold's like a hero in this instance because he's fighting for his country, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, but this dude is crazy and he's constantly sending his people in to die. And you're standing on your boat and it's just full of holes and dead people and people that you got stuffed in fucking barrels in the bottom because yeah, they're, they're screaming, screaming too loud. Because they got their legs shot off. You know, the guy you were saying hey to yesterday, you just saw a bowling ball come flying through the air and rip his head off. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, not, you're not feeling too up to the fight. But... Yeah. Benedict is. Yeah, he always is, and that's the problem. Yeah, this fucking nut job. He, <laughs> like, so the British are closing in on these fucked up ships. He turns his around, and with his ship alone, you know, because Waterbury surrenders immediately. Mm. So just him, he's taking on the whole British fleet <laughs> by him by his, himself. Yeah, his ship and his crew, and that's it. So he's just surrounded. His ship's getting pounded on all sides, and he's just, like, fighting this insane, hopeless, last-ditch effort. Um, I think I read that he scored a couple of good hits, but it, like, doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I mean, at this point, it doesn't matter because um, the British has taken down 10 of the 17 ships already, and his is going to be the 11th ship. Um, like, he, like, he's just lost so much of his fleet. The two flagships got taken out. Well, that's he's on his flagship right. right now, and it is just being pummeled. It's got a, the rigging's all blown off. It can't move. It's totally fucked, and he's just surrounded. All these different boats. I, I think he manages to blow up a boat of Hessians. Yeah, he does that, and then he like sets his own boat on fire so they won't get it. While his crew is sort of like leading out, but. Six of the ships made it back to Fort Ticonderoga. Yeah, he uh, he has his crew 
pull out oars and they row his boat over to a shore and ground it. Yeah. They all hop off the boat, light it on fire, flip off the British and run down to Ticonderoga. Yeah. And so the British are like, you know, they're kind of stunned. Like this crazy, you know, encounter they hadn't expected just cost them way more boats than they thought. They don't really have the power to, you know, they don't, they can't overpower the fort anymore. And so and all they back they, off. They back off yeah, the Conoroga, All they which is the whole point of that. They thing. cruise the lake. Yeah. You know, trying to show off their might, but uh, yeah, they 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 lost. I mean, it was like a technical victory, but they're not going to be able to get nearly enough yeah. firepower down there before winter sets in. I mean, and the whole point of this mission was to get the fort, and they didn't get the fort. So Carlton gets fired. Well, all right, funny enough about Carlton, he's actually knighted for the success of this battle. And then fired. But he's immediately fired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because they're like, well, your forces did, you know, scored a victory here. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you're done. Like, get out. Which is actually, um, a lot of historians consider that kind of like a big blunder by the British because Carlton, I guess, was a really, like, skilled military I mean, we saw it. He was pretty much... A big reason why the British kept Canada. Yeah, no, without him, Quebec would have fallen for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so we, that's Valcour Island. That's the Battle of Valcour Island. So what happens, What what's the fallout for this? Can you talk about that? So the fallout, fallout is um, the British are stalled. You know, the, the northern army of the revolution is... It's got some time to lick its wounds, sort of rebuild itself. Because for a minute there, it's it's the retreat is always and the most con- dangerous part. It was part. constant pressure to, yeah. to get the fuck out of there, to get the fuck out of Canada. So now they've got some breathing room. They've got, you know, a little bit of time to figure out what the fuck they're going to do next. Um, the British are totally stalled. General Howe, he's just sitting in New York with a ton of guys. Uh, Washington was pushed out of New York, but... You know, it's everything's starting to slow down now because well, winter's setting. And winter's setting in. I do think you're making it sound like the British aren't still winning. Oh, they're absolutely winning. Yeah, they're totally still winning. I mean, this this definitely like stopped them a little bit. Well, you I mean, know, it it's... was the banana peel on <laughs> Rainbow Road. You know, it was. Uh, but it wasn't like yeah. It, General Howe's beefing up his soldiers in New York. He just kicked Washington in the balls like ten times. Washington's yeah, like fleeing I mean, to Pennsylvania right now. Um, while all of this shit was happening in Canada and in, and in Lake Champlain, um, General Howe had was landing a, an invasion. This is when he lands that gigantic invasion force. And you can just imagine, uh, Stan, like, that Stan Star Island. Wars Imperial March, <laughs> yeah. like, you just have a shitload of... Yeah, this is when the yeah, record-breaking when, invasion force is This is, is when Darth up. Vader's bringing all his fucking British soldiers, 32,000 British infantry, with 30 warships, 1,200 guns, and 15,000 sailors on those ships. And uh, as you can imagine, having the largest invasion force in all of history from one of the best militarized nations show up, it's, it's not good for recruitment. No, cause, cause, and especially because Washington, he's got half the amount of men, and he's got no boats. He's got no navy. They don't, he doesn't have a navy. 
The only Navy was on the lake. And they got, like, six of those boats left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, they don't have that shit. They're all that, frozen. You know, not that they necessarily, like, need it because America's a pretty big place and the coast isn't necessarily the... It's not all that there is. It's not like America's this big old island. You know, they got some wiggle room. But, but yeah, it's kind of... Shit's... Uh, that's just to say that shit is not <laughs> looking super good right now. So... Um, funny, uh, story, we were talking about General Horatio Gates. Yeah. So, um, Washington is getting kicked around by, oh, wow, um, this says 32,000 men under General Howe. That's what I said. Oh, you did I say I said 32,000 infantry. And Washington had 19,000. I think I kept saying 7,000. So, more guys than I thought. But yeah, but anyway. still, but it, that's 32,000 infantry, not including the 15,000 sailors that are on the fleet. That's so, another... Well, yeah, that's a lot of guys. Yeah. But, uh, so, General Howe is kicking Washington out of New York, and he goes into winter quarters early, because he's like, all right, next year I'll just go in and I'll mop it up. Meanwhile, Washington is in Pennsylvania, and he's calling up um, Charles Lee and General Horatio Gates. Yeah, Gates again. And... Gates is such a little bitch. This is when he like starts turning into such a bitch. But yeah. uh, you know, Washington's um, like, like, "Hey, can you hurry a bunch of guys up and get them up here? I want to counterattack." And like, both of those guys are just like, "No, um, yeah. no, you're crazy. No, we're you not know, doing that." You know who Gates reminds me of is like in those like '80s um, like teen comedies. Gates is like the the guy that's on the preppy <laughs> camp. He's on the preppy side of the lake at the prep camp, and and Benedict Arnold and Washington are sort of like the ragtag group that's on the other side of the lake. You know, that's that's who he is to me. But anyway. Well, it's just, it's <laughs> funny because, uh, so Washington wants this counterattack to happen, and these two guys are really dragging their asses, and to the point where both books I read on this guy were saying that they would have been court-martialed if it wouldn't have been for all their contacts in Congress. Uh, Charles Lee gets captured by the British. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, what is that? I have no idea. Anyway, um, we're going to... Maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe yeah, I'll leave it in for you guys. No, that is, leave it. I don't think they heard it. It's like a dog whistle. But uh, anyway, um, so Charles Lee really dragging his ass until he ends up getting captured, and then the guy that takes over, like, immediately gets dudes up to Washington. Yeah. Gates sort of shows up. John Sullivan. Yeah, John Sullivan, yeah. sorry. And uh, finally, Gates shows up, but he's really taking his fucking time, dragging his ass, and the second he hears, like, Washington's like, all right, I'm planning a daring counterattack, he's like, ah, we shouldn't do that. Mm. And Washington's like, hey, shut the fuck up, Horatio. Well, so Gates, he drops his dudes off. Well, yeah. Gates, after getting shut down by Washington, is like, well, I, you know, I think I feel a little too sick for <laughs> yeah. this next battle. I'm feeling real <laughs> sick. So he heads out to Philadelphia, where he promptly parties it up. At no, it's, like, it's um, Baltimore, right? I think he goes to Baltimore. He might go to Baltimore. Yeah, I have to... Philadelphia, but I read like three different books, and they all said stupid, you know, different shit. I have Baltimore. All right, Baltimore. Let's just get Baltimore in there. We're always let's, talking about yeah. Philadelphia. Baltimore's let's, let's it's got Baltimore a lot to offer. Yeah. It's got a lot to offer as a city. Well, like but, what? Um, the Orioles. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's right. I know sports. No, you don't. 
I know the Orioles. <laughs> Just because you know the Orioles doesn't mean you know sports. What's the I other sports believe. team from Boston? It's not Boston. We're not even talking about Boston. We're talking about Baltimore. I'm trying to throw you questions on the fly. The here. Ravens. Who's that? What league is that? They used to be the Cleveland Browns. I know all about the oh, Ravens. Okay, there you That's go. right. I know sports. <laughs> Fuck you. You don't know fucking Fuck sports. I know sports. You don't know fucking I have a Cleveland sports. Indians hat. Yeah, um, Where's Chief, yours? A Chief Yahoo or Wahoo. Chief hat. Yahoo? Yeah, this guy's the one giving me shit for not knowing sports. <laughs> for like three beers I'm not in editing right that out. <laughs> Fuck me in there saying Chief Yahoo. Yeah, they're all gonna fucking celebrate me because I'm I'm standing up for our Indian brothers and sisters. Native American first. Fuck, of all. I'm just digging myself a little bigger <laughs> hole here. Let's just keep going. Alright, so um you know, Gates, he heads back to uh Baltimore and uh after taking in a quick Orioles game, <laughs> yeah. he, uh... They were around. Well, no, he has to go to Philadelphia because he's talking to Congress. No, but they had to move to Baltimore oh, that's for right. a second. Oh, they moved to Baltimore because Washington real was getting bad. his ass kicked. Yeah, yeah. All right, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, all right. Shit's going downhill, right? Yeah, so... so bad that Congress had to move to fucking Yeah, so Baltimore. the big tough guys in Congress, uh, the second shit's not looking great for Washington, panic and run mm-hmm. to a different city. Mm-hmm. And, uh, cause, you know, they're just so fucking vital to what's happening right now. Them yeah. arguing in their puffy <laughs> yeah. wigs. But, uh, anyway, they're in Baltimore. You sound like Benedict Arnold right there. <laughs> that's what he would have said. Talking about their puffy wigs? Oh, that's no, he hating Congress. Said. Yeah, that's what he would have said. God damn it. Oh, my God, I'm so sad, Trump. All right, all right, gotta get back into Gates this. Gates is down, talking to Congress. And he's bagging on Arnold. Now... There could be several reasons, but the big one is thinking, like, he just pushed out of this big offensive, and Benedict Arnold, like, he just scored kind of a massive victory. Like, he just saved the Northern Army. But Gates gets there, and he's like, yeah, he got all the boats sunk. He got the Navy destroyed. Well, and I think it has to do with the fact that Gates was like, hey, don't do that. Don't do, don't go up there with all these boats. Just like, you should just chill here because we got cannons at the fort. Just chill. And Ben was like, no, I'm not going to listen to you even though you're my superior officer. And he just fucking does what he wants to do anyway. And I think that has, that has something to do with it. Whatever. <laughs> what a, I mean, it's like he lost, like Ben could have just hung out at the fort and maybe that wasn't the smartest plan because that would have let the British get way too close. They probably would have t- taken the fort, maybe. But it would have been like a crazy battle. But um, Ben didn't like. Yeah, he went for a gamble. Right. And Gates is not a gambler. And no, he's not. We're not going to make it to Saratoga. No, but we're at like an hour already. I know, what but we'll, we'll set up Saratoga's suite. <laughs> okay. And um, you know, we'll we're getting there, but um. Yeah, no, Gates is definitely not a gambler. You will see that with the Saratoga episode, which will be next. Um, but anyway, yeah, Gates is bagging on him pretty hard. Uh, well, so he, Gates actually brings this petition that John Brown, who we've, we've mentioned before, who has connections to Ethan Allen and the Green Mountain Boys, he was like one of the first people up there at Ticonderoga. John Brown basically has wrote this petition up of like 13 crimes that Benedict Arnold has committed, and uh, Horatio Gates has that on him, and he starts handing that out to Congress to, to sort of, like, he wants them to start 
prosecuting him in terms of him kicking him off the out of the military and stuff like that. So so it's again this the Green Mountain Boy episode is still fucking coming into play here. It's kind of yeah. nuts and like it's kind of nuts how how much. How, I feel like these people need hobbies, man. They need lives, man. Why do they keep talking about Benedict Arnold? Like, go, don't you have a revolution to fight? Like, but, but they don't. They all, but especially the Green Mountain Boys, who are, who are almost sort of like the state's right sort of group. They don't. I don't think that they really give a shit about them. And we talked about how Ethan Allen tried to sell Vermont. Did we talk about that? He tried um, to sell, sell Vermont to the British for protection, basically. That's say, like, that happen, like, way later, though? Yeah, it happened way later, but I think when we were talking about but Ethan Allen... Yeah, it just speaks to his whole personality and M.O. Well, I mean, it speaks to the fact that they, they're not really in it for the revolution. They're in it because they had this, like, sweet setup in Vermont, and Ethan Allen was drinking all the beer he could drink, and he was fucking all the... the, the beautiful Beautiful Vermont, Vermont women... He could, <laughs> and, <laughs> yes. they, and he had the sweet setup, and he was like, "I don't give a shit if you take the rest of this country. Just leave me the fuck alone." And and that's kind of like the prevailing. Stay out of my trailer park. <laughs> yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of it. Just keeps biting Ben in the ass over and over again. It's kind of funny how this was like two years ago, and it's still biting him in the ass. Right, and he just can't be cool about it. But so so while Gates is doing that doing that down there in Baltimore with the Congress and doing that down there, what the what what else is going on? So you know Washington has just had these like really massive losses and he's sort of freaking out. He's looking at the enemy forces are huge. His are sort of dwindling. Um, people aren't really feeling the patriotic fervor that they did before. So No one's fucking signing up. Yeah, recruitment is super depressed, and he's thinking, okay, well, what would really get this turned around is if I started naming some officers. But um, And I mentioned this in an earlier episode. Washington actually can't name his own generals and officers. Congress has to do that. Yeah, I mean, Congress, this was like a big deal back then. It was like, speci they specifically set stuff up that way so that the military wasn't calling all the shots, you know? So, Washington's telling them, hey, we are royally fucked right now. I need some decent commanders ASAP. Can you give me some good generals? And he was really pushing for Benedict Arnold to be made a general, but he didn't really get his way. No. So they start naming, you know, fucking just people who were in the military but didn't really serve with much distinction. Um, a lot of them hadn't seen combat. And they, they named all of these other people who, in Ben's mind and Washington's mind, were inferior to Ben and his clear record of service. Mm. But again, it's like we were saying, man, it's this fart error that is just all around Ben Arnold. Is he pissed off the wrong people? Well, yeah, I mean, at, the, at that time, Brown wasn't the only person that was talking shit about him. There was, uh, there was this guy, General William Maxwell, who was writing to the governor of New Jersey, condemning Ben for, for getting all these, the boats destroyed at, at, uh, at um, even though it was, uh, and, oh, that, the part that's really funny about that, so this guy... General Maxwell is writing shit about how many boats Ben got sunk at Lake Champlain, and the other person that like co-signed this letter was Waterbury, who was the guy that that gave up the ship, that gave up to Washington. 
<laughs> so you you have uh, you have that biting him in the ass. You've got this guy Richard Henry Lee, this Virginia congressman who's writing Thomas fucking Jefferson, saying that Ben acted rashly about that, and that's why they lost all their ships on Lake Champlain. So you've got multiple different people from different walks from different walks of the military, different parts of the military, people that met Ben Arnold at different times. You've got them all sort of like from different different colonies. You got New Jersey, you got Virginia. So there's a lot of people that are fucking talking shit about Ben and creating that farty air that that's surrounding Just a cloud him. of fart stench. Basically, I mean, this dude's basically Pigpen in terms of like people <laughs> hating him. Do people hate Pigpen and peanuts? I think they liked him actually, right? No, he I, I wouldn't right. let him in my house. You wouldn't? No, he'd walk around leaving footprints everywhere. I'd Leave be like, Pigpen, go take a fucking shower. I mean, there's all kinds of like. I just hose his ass down. Yeah, it's getting squiggly lines all over. My apartment's already gross. Those like, squiggly lines would do some damage, too. Right? Be dangerous. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, um, yeah, everyone's talking shit. Uh, shit with the revolution is not good right now. Um, and it's wintertime. Ben held him off, and he's like, hey, you know what would be nice? Go see my fucking kids that I haven't seen in forever and my mm. sister who's raising them. Who's raising them and running my business because, oh, guess what? My kid's mom died. Right? And I didn't even go back for the, the funeral or anything. Like, mm. what the fuck, dude? That's, that's, that, that's fucked up. That, that gets me kind of mad about, that, that, that kind of, that kind of pisses me off. That's one thing that he's, that he's done that's like, really, bro? Yeah, you rode home from the French and Indian War illegally so you could see your mom while she was sick. Yeah. You can't take care of your kid. Yeah, and your fucking wife, who you were apparently so in love with that you were always writing letters to her all the time when he when he was, uh, like, a But she never wrote him back, so whatever. Uh, I guess that's true. Peggy Sanchez. (laughs) Peggy Sanchez. I guess that's true. Um, So he's, he's... Clippity clopping his way down, goes well, well, visits his family. Let's let's just make it clear that five people got made generals after this. Oh, he oh, was yeah. not one of them. And he was pissed. He was pissed. He and was then, and Washington was sort of writing him saying, like, hey bro, you're doing a good job, bro. I appreciate everything you're doing. This is for gonna us. blow over. You get don't worry. Yeah, I we're got gonna you make back. you a general and then yeah. he doesn't get made when he's like, Dude, don't worry, bro, I'm gonna fix this. Don't get pissed, <laughs> yeah. bro. And then Ben's like getting that letter, and then meanwhile, when he's like, when he's like just going in, I don't even know where I don't know where it was. This is some random town. He just randomly picks up that petition that John Brown wrote, As a accusing him out. of committing thirteen crimes in just some random fucking town that he find, and he finds it, and there's just someone talking shit about him in this pamphlet. Like, could you imagine that? If you walked into, like, just some random town that you've never been to. Yeah, you're just driving cross-country, get back home. You go to Minneapolis, you're like, I wonder what's up with Minneapolis. Like, I heard some some good things, I guess. And you're walking in, you go into a coffee shop, you're like, hey, what's what's your brew for today? Well, you got a light roast? And they're like, oh, I don't have a light roast. I have this pamphlet that says you're a fucking dickhead. And you're like, what? And it's your fucking face (laughs) in a (laughs) town that you've never been to. For no one should know who you are. That, that would fuck you up. That, yeah, and it fucked him up. He, <laughs> he immediately demanded a court of inquiry in, uh, I guess, is it Baltimore now? Or are they back in Philly yet? Uh, I think they're still in Baltimore. But he demands a court of inquiry with Congress, and he's like, we got to settle this shit now. Like, this is driving me crazy. 
So basically he learns his business is failing and his sister's still ugly. So he goes <laughs> off to Congress. To I'm over that. That's not written anywhere. Well, his business was failing. Yeah, that part is fine. Yeah. His sister might have been... I mean, she might have been cute. I mean, her only no, suitor was, was a written, gay French uh, It was written that she was very plain Jane, <laughs> but she was good with conversation. Which, you know, it's like saying, yeah, well, she doesn't look great, but she has a good personality. Oh, fuck. That doesn't... Yeah, that's not... I mean, that's what people would say about us. Except the personality is not good either. Speak for yourself. I'm coasting by on my looks. <laughs> Which is exactly why I'm doing got a, a podcast. face for podcasting. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, shit. Uh, so he's heading to, uh, he's heading up to Baltimore, and basically he's like demanding court cases to settle all this shit now. Because he's like, fuck this, I've been going nuts, fighting the British, doing all this shit. And I've got these turds that are just like, none of them are doing anything. Mm-hmm. None of them have really done anything. Yeah. And they're all just talking shit. And they got these handbills going around just, just telling everybody I'm an asshole. Yeah. And uh, so he demands this court of inquiry. They have one. And they're like, all right, well, shit. Uh, I guess all these charges are false. Yeah, so they clear him of the charges. But... At the same time, he's also like, so, yeah, but I also spent, like, a lot of money feeding all my troops and stuff. And they're like, do you have the receipts? And he's like, hmm. I've got a couple. Yeah. But they're handwritten. And then they're <laughs> like, well, you did shoot your horse at Ticonderoga, because that was one thing that he did do, was shoot his horse. Or not Ticonderoga, it was, like, before when that. When they were leaving When they were leaving uh, for Canada. Ticonderoga. We mentioned that last episode. He shot his fucking horse in the head. So the British wouldn't get it. <laughs> Just another, another in a long line of horses are about yeah. to die because of this. So guy. the so Congress is like, all right, well, you don't have receipts for any of this shit. Um, so we clear the charges, and uh, we'll give you a horse, and we'll uh, look into these finance things. But uh, we're not giving you a penny. Yeah, no promises. Yeah. Also, we're promising that we'll probably not give you any money. So <laughs> just count on that. And then there was this, it's, they made him, they were going to make him a general, but, uh, they didn't, like, deal with the issue of, of seniority, which is, like, a big thing with them. Yeah. Are we getting ahead? There is a battle somewhere. It's, yeah, we, uh, Ridgefield's Ridgefield coming up. Battle. Yeah. It's, I don't know if we're there yet. I think he becomes... But he's about to go see Washington, and that's when Ridgefield... Well, no, he's going home. Oh, he's going home, and yeah. that's when Ridgefield happens? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Washington sends him to Rhode Island Yeah. later. Yes. Okay. Yeah, so he's going home. Um, he's like, fuck this shit, I'm going to go see my kids. Yeah, he's but all in. Then... He's crying, just wiping the snot with his little... little <laughs> his little tiny Benedict Arnold hands. Little, you know, he had tiny little Little Benedict fingers. Little sausage fingers. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so he's going home but then he's like he hears a, he's like you know what fuck this shit I'm out but then he hears and he tells people he's quitting whatever yeah he's making this big fuss making a big to do about it but then he hears about how um, how this British det- detachment is landing in Norwich, Connecticut which is basically like his neck of the woods which is right by New Haven um, so he goes up and he's like I know I said I quit, but 
you know, God damn it, I love you too much. Why American can't I quit you? <laughs> yeah. So, so he rides up, he, he collects like a hundred militiamen, and he meets up with this other guy, the Brigadier General David Worcester, um, and this guy, General Gold S. Silliman. Um, and so total, all total, they've got like 600 dudes that are going to sort of drive the British out. It's, oh, and right. it's not even really driving them Richfield. out. So the, the British are like raiding and looting and yeah, pillaging. And it's like mess. fucking winter. So kicking people out on their ass in like a New England winter is pretty fucked up. Yeah. So what they wanted to do is they couldn't really... Well, Ben's a fucking turd about it. But, mm-hmm. you know, they can't challenge them outright. But they want to show them that you can't do this kind of shit without paying a price. Yeah. So... You know, they just, they immediately set off after this British attachment, uh, 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 detachment, mm. and uh, nice. General Worcester. That's why we have fucking four stars on that Well, I, I've gotten complaints about the British. Well, we have one microphone. I can't edit that out. Uh, yeah, you can't just, like, turn away. And if I hold it in, it's Whoa. just going to come out the other end, and Mike's going to stop. He's already barely doing this podcast. It's been a long, long road for the last four episodes. <laughs> but uh, so he has General Wooster is he he attacks the back of the British forces that are marching back to their little boats and wherever they're trying to get out of there after they kill a bunch, burn a bunch of houses down. Yeah. And so Wooster's attacking from behind, and you know kind of freaks him out a little bit. I think Wooster ends up getting mortally wounded. And uh, mm. Benedict manages to get his forces all the way around the British and sort of cut them off and in defensive positions. So you've got this tiny little American militiaman force, you know, staring down at a big column of British soldiers. And it's, you know, it's like a just hornet's nest. Like, they start fighting. It's crazy. But it's not too long before the American forces start retreating. Well, so on the first day of this fight, Ben's riding in on his horse, and they're doing pretty, they're doing, they're doing okay. Like, the Americans are doing okay. They're taking some people out. The Ben's always on the fucking horse, always fucking just riding around like nothing, and his horse gets shot nine times. <laughs> and fucking, and, and he falls off, obviously, because the horse got shot nine times and fucking died, like, immediately. And the fucking horse, like, pins him down on the ground. And this is, like, my, this is, like, my favorite story. So, what is that, like, horse number three so far? Yeah, yeah, three or four. Um, the horse tally just continues to rise. It's and gonna then, keep rising, too, my, guys. My favorite story that this guy... The book that were that we that I read, uh, the real Benedict Arnold by Jim Murphy. He says that there's a story that um, that this British guy saw Ben like pinned under, under his, his horse, horse, and he was like, "Surrender! You are my prisoner." And the story goes that Ben said, "Not yet," and he fucking just shot the British guy in the head, and like got, got away, which I just think is total bullshit. I mean. It does seem weird that the British soldier walking up to him, obviously, like, pointing his gun you at You are my prisoner. Yeah, it gave him time to, like, pull his fucking gun out from one of the whores. And he's like, hold on, just give me one second. Just gotta get this gun out. <laughs> just so I can shoot you and say this badass line. kind of feels like a dick move. 
Like, the guy's like, hey, man, surrender. I'm not just going to shoot you dead right now. Yeah. Like, you should just be my prisoner. And he's like, no. And he just, like, blows his brains out. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think of that. Because... Like, that's pretty fucked up. Because I feel like I would be that guy. I would want to give the poor bastard pinned under a horse a chance to, like, oi, mate, like, we're both British at some point. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they're still British. My they're been neighbors, British people like, fighting with each other. Yeah, like, our grandparents could have been from the same village. Like, what's I up? Well, and he's just like, fuck off. Well, I mean, it would be a shitty thing to do if it was true, but, like, it's not. There's no way. Because oh, that's, yeah. It's... Have you ever, like, fallen? Has a horse ever fallen on you? No. Yeah, and and you are still alive. Yeah, and I had a bicycle fall on me when I was riding it once, and that hurt real bad. Yeah, I can't imagine a giant writhing animal. Horses, like... They're huge. And if you read any history books with, like, horses dying in a war, they don't die well. Like, like did you ever have, like, a an overweight friend and when you were a little get kid? Get shot and fall on and you? It, well, <laughs> just just sit on you or something like that. Not no. necessarily get shot. No, I've never had... Well, I guess... You know what? I, I have. I have, like, a big friend that I have, like, no, I have that I'm gonna sit on you. <laughs> and you're like, get off me, man. <laughs> like, that's like, a, that's like a person. Think about a horse doing that. There's no way. <laughs> I'm just saying there's no way That's that that I was just thinking how everybody knows the great big fat guy that sat on them at some point. I mean, yeah. You're right. You're right. I thought about it, and I was like, oh, my God, he's right. That's totally... I feel like everybody's had that. It's a shared experience. That's weird. That's what makes us who we are. <laughs> anyway, whatever. <laughs> God bless the... You know, the big people. Giving us I wasn't saying that as a criticism. Don't try to turn that around. No, 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 no I'm not. I'm, I'm not. just trying to relate. I'm just saying the fact that God ben bless Arnold, those people for giving us the shared experience. Yeah, okay. Bringing us yeah. all a little closer together. It's really together. nice of them. Oh, oh man. Here Good we thing go. we're talking about fat people sitting... Well, I want to edit this out. I don't like talking about... Because I'm a fat person. You're not that fat. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, no, I think it's a good point of reference, though. Because our neighbors are watching some soccer, so I don't fucking know. So we got, we should maybe get going. Well, so just yeah, let's just more. finish this off, though, because um, so the first day, Ben's horse gets shot nine times and dies. Then there's a battle for another day where they're just still kind of just fucking with the British, and his other horse gets shot. <laughs> so he loses two horses in two days, but they sort of. Rough the British up enough to the point where the British are like, all right, this, is, let's, this isn't even worth it. And they yeah. sort of like drive them out of that area. And it was kind of a big deal. You know, Americans saw that and they're like, yeah, don't fuck with us. And like, it, was, it was a very big deal because that's what finally got Ben. This battle, the Battle of Ridgefield, is what finally got Ben promoted to Major General. So this is when he finally gets that general position. And it was all because of a stupid battle where he got... Yeah, we're just horse. riding home, and he's like, oh shit, some Brits are coming. It wasn't for taking the fort. It wasn't for protecting the fort. It wasn't for almost capturing Canada. It was for this doofy little battle. Um, maybe as a as like a, a thank you to what he did on Lake Champlain. We're like, listen, we fucked up the last time, but Washington won't shut up about you, so we're just going to give you this now. And he and Washington fucking love each other. Like, yeah, it's a, definitely they're just, the romance of the Revolutionary War. So sad the way it has to end, though. I know. We, we know it's coming, guys. Yeah, I mean, it, it 
we're getting closer and closer, ever so, ever so slightly. Honestly, this might be the perfect stopping point. I think it is. Yeah. So ben, Saratoga. Yeah. All the after shit that all of that shit. That. Oh, sorry. I forgot. I shouldn't clap. Whatever. That's gonna... <laughs> after all of that shit. After all of the shit in Canada. This is like months and months and months and months of of crazy battles. There's this insane naval battle. All kinds of stuff. The one thing that gets him finally gets him a promotion is this doofy little battle of Ridgefield, which he wasn't even going to be a part of because he almost quit the whole entire fucking army beforehand. And he's about to try to quit it again. Right. Well, he's, he's always he's, he's always doing doing that, this though. now. Yeah. This is like a reoccurring thing with him. He's like, I quit. If I can't do it, I quit. Yeah, we're into his mode of like, you know, I'm not just not getting the recognition. And I want to quit. Connor's we need like, like a counter oh, for how many times quit. he's threatening to quit. Because he's already threatened to quit over Ticonderoga. He's threatened to quit uh, with the Quebec shit. Yeah. And now he's threatening to quit again. I think it's equal the amount of horses that he gets killed <laughs> and the amount of times he tries to get quit are about equal. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, and uh, you know, one of the funny things about the Battle of Ridgefield, it's, I mean, it's a real small skirmish. We're not going to, you know, we can't spend too much time on it, but... It's kind of funny because all these American forces, he's like running around screaming at them, like, no, 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 line up again, keep fighting. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, there's like 2,000 British, but there's like, (laughs) it's just like me and my neighbor. Well, well, so he's telling them to all keep fighting. He's like, we gotta get them. And meanwhile, he's pinned under his horse, just like yelling at them from under his horse, like, guys. I don't remember this horse right now that I got shot, but we should keep going. And they're like, you are our leader. And you're under a horse. You're being so. crushed by a 200-pound <laughs> yeah, yeah. giant mammal. So, oh, they're, they, they weigh way more than 200 pounds. 500 pounds. Maybe. I don't know. Somebody, uh, oh, hysteramapodcast at gmail.com. If you know the average weight of a horse, oh, there you go. write it in and we will say your name. On an episode, because yep. who knows when anyone's going to listen to this and actually write in. Um, yeah. Thank, well, you thank you ahead of time for doing that, whoever you yeah. are, a mystery person out there. Um, it's not like song. it would take us literally two seconds to look that up on Google, but if you go through the effort of doing that and emailing it to us, yeah, my we, phone's will over there. we will mention your name. But yeah, so they're they're all, he's trying to get them, he's pinned on his horse, he's trying to get them to fight, and they just, they're like, They're like, fuck that, good. we like killed a couple of them, let's get out of Yeah, they're, they're kind of, the British are kind of over it, we're <laughs> over it. Like we did our job, we're we're done. Yeah, and we, so we turned them off. Like, so so they run away, and he would later say, "I wish never to see another one of them again," because there's he perceived them as so cowardly. He just he uh, he's, it, just dead, he's so ready to throw away people's lives. What would they have done? They would not have beaten the British. No there. way. They, they would have just died and maybe got a few more kills. Yeah, this like, isn't like. This isn't like the fucking group from Predator going in. You don't have, like, Schwarzenegger and Jesse Ventura and... The Predator. And the Predator. <laughs> and uh, Carl... Uh, Randy Savage. What the fuck's his name? That doesn't matter. Um, oh, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, yeah. You don't have these... How do you forget Carl Weathers? I don't know. I'm tired. I've had, like, three beers since we've been recording. I know. And we had Bloody Marys earlier. We did. I spilled one on my crotch, but it was, <laughs> yeah. like, at the end of the drink, and she brought me another one, so I had two Bloody Marys. That's true, you lunch. did. I was wondering why you were taking a nap earlier. <laughs> yeah, I took a big nap today. Um, 
But yeah, so the, it just it's just him again. It's just Benedict Arnold again, just being like, how come you don't want to just don't have a death wish like I do? Because <laughs> he has a total death wish, and he wants everyone to fucking die around him as heroes. And that's like, some people just want to live and go back to their families and their farms. And it's kind of funny, because, you know, you read, uh, I mean, the real Benedict Arnold was a great example of uh, Jim Murphy's constantly saying, like, if they would have just went along with him, if they would have just done this, but it's like, Man, if they would have went along with all that shit. Yeah, they could have just lost everybody exactly. in some crazy, like, you know, he, he fucked up some really big stuff already. Who's to say his, like, next gamble or two wouldn't just spectacularly fail? I mean, and, and that's not to say that he didn't do some crazy good shit, because he did. Yeah, because he, he was brilliant, but I he mean, was just a gambler. There's a reason that Jim Murphy is so hard on that ben, Benedict Arnold um, nut schlong. Yeah, because, you know, he did do some shit, and that's something that's not talked about a lot, is that he definitely played an integral role in the revolution making it as far as it did. But he also was, putting all of the traitor shit aside, he was sort of like this nut job who didn't really have a lot of connections to the real world in terms of, like, um, like family, business, Oh, he didn't have a big family anymore. It was him and his kids. And he wanted glory. He wanted honor. He wanted to restore honor to his family's name. Yeah, you would and have known his name outside of him being a butthole yeah. if he wouldn't have been a traitor. I mean, maybe. But we don't talk about Gates. We don't talk about... Well, it's because Gates was a dickhead. He not only tried to get General Washington's position, but later he's leading forces in, like, South Carolina. Yeah. And he fucks up and gets his entire unit captured. Right. Well, yeah, so that's true. So not only was but, he proven but, 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 like a but weird traitor, but he was ben also might have done that also. Dick. But Ben might have done that also, though, if we gave him enough time. But we don't hear about Shiler. I mean, he did pretty well. Yeah, we don't hear about Shiler. We don't hear about a lot of guys except for Washington. So. I'm saying you might hear about old Benny Arnold. Maybe. He might have a statue outside of that boot. Or he might have eventually been the reason we lost the war. That's true. Just he by just like, getting everybody killed. Who knows? Who knows? It's, that's the whole thing, though. It's like, but you do. You need a, those kind of commanders. Like, you need those people that are willing to go nuts and get in there and get violent. And yeah, crazy. but I think he was doing it for the wrong reasons. Where he was like, "I want to, this glory. I want to be known as this war hero. I don't give a fuck if everyone gets killed. I don't even care if I die because I don't even I really know what that means." Oh, and I think Washington saw those qualities in him and realized like, like trying to rein it in. This guy has a specific use. Mm. and it's not being utilized. Mm. Like, this is the dude that you're like, okay, cool, we've got this crazy battle plan drawn up. Who's the dickhead that's going to go into the breach and get shot first? You know, Ben Arnold be jumping out of his seat to volunteer. That's, that's interesting. And, and I think... It, like, it, this guy is not a leader, but he is like a sub-leader. Yeah, I didn't think about that. The only reason why I really thought that Washington and Arnold sort of got along was because at this point, this far in... Like, Arnold was really the only one that, like, liked Washington anymore. And was like, I'm going to do what, what you want me to do. I respect you. Because Washington also had that sort of similar... Yeah, Washington showed him a little respect, too. Yeah. So, but uh, it, it could be that Washington was like, I can... Shiler liked him, but Shiler had gout. Yeah, so who gives a fuck? Yeah, he's just limping around. Stupid. Anyway... Anyway, guys, I think uh, that's good. This, is a, this is a good. 
I feel like we started real strong on this one, mm. and then like once we hit like the two thirds point, like the drinking took over. All right. Well, you're now you're just underselling the podcast in front of the audience. No, so. I think we're doing good. I, I think just, it I was want, good. I want a little outro banter. I'm sorry. I thought it might be fun to include them. I think it was process. good. Um, the whole way through. And don't listen to Mason, and um, don't let that affect how you perceive us. And don't let that affect how you rate us. <laughs> Whoever you are, you one-star dick. <laughs> uh, probably my dad. <laughs> um, he's just like, one star on your life decisions. No, my dad would never fucking say that, ever. He would never say that. Just think it. <laughs> Maybe, but you know, the fact that he wouldn't say it, like, that's all I need. That's cool. I'm sure that's... That's know, all I Maybe need. all of my Facebook mm-hmm. friends, and I'm like, hey, listen to my new podcast. They're like, I'm not going to listen to it, but I'm going to give you one star for sending me this stupid notification. Whatever. He posts like once every six years. That's true. I haven't... Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, this is... So next next episode, we'll be getting into the biggest battle of the American Revolution. Yeah, this is... We're, we're getting right up to the biggest, most decisive battle. And then, I mean, quickly after that, it's... I We're, we're starting to get towards the end here. Yeah. There's maybe one or two, we'll three at the pace we're going. Five more episodes of Benedict Arnold. Right? Jesus. <laughs> we're, like, freaking out trying to decide another topic because... Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, we're just... <laughs> holy shit, you guys. Yeah, if we were... Because we were talking about some other guys, and the books were, like, four times as long as the ones we already read, and it was just like, we already are way too detail-oriented about this shit. Yeah, so, I mean, we might try a different style when we do the next podcast. We might not. We don't know. But we'll either way, out. we hope you find this entertaining. Hey, keep listening. God we, bless you. Yeah, we, we really appreciate it, and we, we have fun doing this, and we'd like to keep doing it, and... Um, I hope you're learning stuff too. Yeah, like, yeah. That would be a really cool thing if you learn if like all these details actually help people learn and it wasn't just us being like psychotically obsessive about shit. <laughs> and I mean, you know, we're definitely trying to grow this little uh you know, I'm sure we'll have an Instagram or a Twitter one of these days and uh because mm-hmm. we're both super good about social media. Oh my god. I know we're both like <laughs> oh. Um Yeah, but thanks. hey if you wanna yeah. run those No. Podcast at gmail.com. We won't pay you. No, we're not going to pay you. But we'll pay you in... Um, smiles. And we'll <laughs> no. say your name on the episode. I don't I don't think I pay you. You just smiles. smile. It's way easier to get I was, to smile. I was smiling at the idea of tr- someone trying to get me to smile. Because I just thought how fucking ridiculous that was. See, they wouldn't even have to do anything. They'd just you'd be like, it's oh, just, this person's going to try to get me to... Oh, I already did it. <laughs> It's true. Shoot. Um, <laughs> Shot your smile. Oh, shoot. Uh, yeah, well, um, yeah, you don't have to do that. We'll do that shit. But um, but we, you do have to keep listening, and we appreciate you listening. So, yeah, special thanks to everybody that's listening. Uh, love you, Mom. Special shout-out to True Aim. Wait, what is it? <laughs> Just Aim. Yeah, yeah. Whoever the fuck you are, you gave us a five-star review. We love you. God bless you. Yeah. God bless you. Uh, shout out to the neighbors who, for the most part, were pretty quiet. Pretty um, good. Pretty good. Last few episodes, it's gotten a little bad. Uh, but yeah, some of the oh. neighbors took the birds in early. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true. I like the birds, though. It's peaceful. It is nice, but yeah. 
maybe not good for like recording purposes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah, guys. Wait, I wanted to do. Uh, I got to plug shit because I never plug anything oh, that yeah. I do. Yeah. Um, if you guys could check out Loserville Animation Studios on YouTube, um, it's that's super funny. Loserville. Um, that's L O S E R B I L L E. Yeah, man. Wow. I don't think I could have done that right now. Like, well, spelled it just, out that fast. Well, you know, it's, that, that's the way they do it in no, the like I'm genu- but it No, is, I'm genuinely impressed. Like, I don't think I could have. It's, uh, it's Mike here <laughs> and our other buddy, Mike. Yeah, my they, buddy. They do such a good job. Do, Mike taught himself how to do all this shit, like... Yeah, we do we do cartoons, so if you could check those out, that'd be cool, they're, too. They're so fucking good. You guys are going to love that. I just feel like I should plug that stuff, because I, I never think to do it. And it's like, oh, wait... We both worked really hard on that. And so. you've kind of been putting it off because you've been doing this. It's true. It's taken um, not a backseat, but it's definitely taking some time. No, it's not like passenger seat. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's, it's still in the front. But uh, yeah, if you can check that out. Oh yeah. <laughs> Keep that in. Keep that in. I'm trying to. It's not stopping.